Good morning. Glad to have you with us this morning. Thank you for joining us here at Flagstone. Thank you for, to those of you who are in the room with us uh, today for uh, joining us for worship. And for those of you online, thank you for joining us as well. we got some more folks who are going to be coming in uh, over the next few minutes. We're excited to be worshiping you guys this morning. A few things I need to let you know about, especially if this is one of your first times uh, to be worshiping with us or first time in a long time to be worshiping with us here at Flagstone. Uh, on every other chair, we have one of our bulletins this morning. We'd like for... Uh, each one of our families, just one per family, uh, to take one of these if you would. And if you open it up, you'll see a lot of different information, a lot of different things that are going on with the Flagstone family, some different events uh, that are coming up. And we want you to be aware of those things, know what our teenagers are doing, know some other things that our church family is doing. And there may be some things that you want to sign up for, put on your calendar, invite other people to be a part of as well. So I'll make sure that you see that this morning and take these with you uh, if you want to as well. The one thing that I especially want to draw your attention to, especially if you're one of our guests here this morning, this is your first or second time here, if you uh, would notice this QR code up here in this corner of our bulletin, we'd like for you right now, if you just take a few, probably 30 seconds to do that, click on that QR code and that will take you to a form where you can fill out your contact information for us. And we just want that just to be able to, to thank you for coming and being a part of our worship and maybe answer some questions about the Flagstone family. If you have any questions about us, we're not going to bombard you with a whole bunch of texts and emails or visits at your house or anything like that. We just want to know that you are here and want to be able to say thank you for coming. So if you would do that, we would really appreciate you doing that this morning for us. And then also there's an area on the back for um, uh, sermon notes or anything else you want to jot down. Maybe you meet somebody today, you want to jot down their email address or cell phone number. Feel free to use that. So why don't you be aware of these things. Uh, and the other thing uh, is during our worship time today, we will be taking communion together. And when it's time for us to take communion, uh, you should have a communion cup on the chair uh, where you're sitting. And if you peel off the first lid, you uh, get the wafer and peel off the second lid and drink the juice. And that's how we'll take communion together when that time comes uh, this morning. So I wanted you to be aware of that. And we'll help throw these away uh, when worship is over with. We also will have a time of giving uh, at the end of our worship time today. We don't pass baskets around. You'll have the opportunity to give online or, or uh, text to give. Or if you have, um, you know, cash or check, we have baskets in our lobby, and you can put your gift in that on your way out the door today. So why don't you be aware of that. The last thing I wanted to tell you about is our kids' ministry. We have activities going on for all of our kids, uh, third grade and younger. So third grade all the way down to the babies. Uh, and if you got kids with you this morning, you want to take advantage of that at any time during our worship today, whether it's while we're singing, whether it's during our time with the Word together, whenever that time comes, if you want to take advantage of uh, our children's ministry, you can go right across our lobby to the children's check-in area, and we have some volunteers there ready to take care of your kids while you continue to engage in worship with us. So I wanted you to be aware of that and feel free to use that uh, if that would be helpful to you this morning. Also, if you want to keep your kids with you, during worship, that's totally fine as well. We have some activity bags available in our lobby right on the other side of this wall right here. So if you go out the door and turn to the right, you'll see a table with some activity bags, coloring sheets and different things for kids uh, to keep them uh, occupied while we continue to worship together. So feel free to take advantage of, of one of those if that would help you and your family today as well. I think that's all I need to tell you this morning uh, about some of our housekeeping things. I'm so excited to be worshiping with you today. We had an awesome time uh, last night with our trunk retreat. It's been two years since we were able to do that. We got to do that last night, and we had a great turnout and a whole lot of fun. Uh, and so for those of you who were a part of that, you got to see it firsthand. But just to let our church family know, it was awesome to see 
uh, all those different people um, come and, and just experience a, a fun time with our church family. So I was excited to see that. I'm excited to be back together with you guys this morning to worship together. We're going to sing. We're going to pray together. We're going to celebrate the grace and love of Jesus as we commune together. We're going to spend time with the Word together. You're going to be blessed by being here this morning. I'm glad that you chose to get up and come here. I'm glad that you chose to get online with us today. I think that God put that on your heart for a reason. And I, I hope that you discover that as we worship together today. So let's pray together, ask God to bless our time of worship, and then we'll begin singing praises to him. Father God, thank you so much for today. Thank you for the opportunity to worship you. Thank you for the opportunity to get together as a church family, to see some friends and, and visit and also meet some new folks. God, we thank you for the guests that you have sent to us today, whether they're here in the room with us or whether they're discovering us online for the first time. Thank you for sending those people to us, God. And as we worship you, we recognize that we... we Many of us may have come here carrying a whole lot of baggage and, and a whole lot of different uh, stresses or uh, you know, anxiety or sin or guilt or just problems or questions. And you have brought us here uh, for this time of worship. And God, I pray that we, that we all uh, can feel your presence as we worship together. And if there's some kind of burden, some kind of problem that we're carrying, that we would be willing to lay that down, give that to you this morning and allow you to... You, to take care of it for us so that we can freely worship you and uh, go out from this place ready to be the people that you are shaping us into. So God, we give this morning to you. We ask you to go to work in this place as we bring praise to your name. We pray all these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. Let's get on our feet. Let's worship together. Before the world was made, before you spoke it to me, you were the king of kings. Yes, you were, yes, you were, and now you're reigning still and throned above all things. Angels and saints cry out, we join them as we sing glory to God, glory to God, glory to God forever, glory to God. Glory to God forever. 
I have a confession to make. I, uh, whenever I'm in a classroom situation or maybe even in a, in a meeting at work, I have a, a, a real tendency not to want to be the one to have to answer questions. When the teacher asks a question, I'm, I'm the one that's looking around to see who's going to answer. Um, when Jesus, in John chapter 13, after he's washed the feet of his disciples, he asks asks a question, do you understand what I've done for you? Peter's already questioned him, I don't want you washing my feet, and and maybe some of, he asked the question, Jesus asked the question of his disciples, and, and it was, it looks like in scripture that it was quiet, maybe people were looking around and they really didn't know the answer to the question. 
there are a lot of barriers in that room, a lot of, uh, a lot of guards that were up. Peter, Peter's personal pride was probably keeping him from, there was a lot of personal pride maybe just for the, the notion that in that room, the notion that uh, my teacher is washing my dirty, stinky feet. Or maybe my rabbi is washing, and certainly messiahs don't wash feet. There were a lot of barriers in that in that room that 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 day. Maybe it was more than just personal pride. Maybe it was sin. Maybe maybe Judas Judas is sitting there, and he he wants to keep Jesus at arm's length. I don't know that they fully could answer could have answered that question. Do you know what I've done for you right then? Because they even at that point they didn't have any idea that Jesus Jesus was going to be nailed to a cross. It didn't seem like it doesn't seem like. But I wonder if if for years later in Peter's life, maybe weeks later, maybe maybe in the next few days he says Oh, I get it now. I see God's desire to connect with me through his son. And God's desire is so deep that there was sacrifice involved, full sacrifice. And you and I come to this time each week, and we need to be reminded. We don't want to keep Jesus at arm's length. We don't want to have our barriers up and our, and our guard up. And we are reminded, oh, this is a time of connection. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for for reaching us. Forgive us when we when we don't want your connection, when we when we push you away. Father, we are are grateful that you continue to pursue you pursued us through Jesus, and Father, help us to uh, help us to emulate that in our own lives. Father, this morning as we partake of these emblems, we we recognize that this is we're we're participating in 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 taking these these emblems that represent the the suffering of Jesus and the the body of Jesus and the blood that was shed father we uh, we pray uh, as we partake that we will be reminded we we are grateful in Jesus name amen
All right, so let's all stand up for the song before Marshall's lesson this morning. Father to the Father, spender of the freedom for the prisoner, we see this is God in his holy It's been awesome worshiping with you guys this morning. I loved singing with you, and I love the, the thoughts that Reagan shared with us about the cross. It's just been a good morning, hasn't it? Aren't you glad you're here this morning? Um, so just, I don't know, kind of a side note, just how awesome this church family is. Um, you know, we, we, I mentioned truck retreat at the beginning of worship, and maybe some of y'all miss us talking about that, but that's that's been a tradition with our church family for years, and with all the the COVID concerns last year, we didn't host one, so we hosted one uh, for the first time in two years last night. And you know, you never know for sure what kind of what kind of reaction you're going to get. How many people are going to show up? Man, there were a ton of people here. Like we 
almost ran, I think we did run out of hot dogs. I know we almost ran out of candy. And it was, uh, there were just hundreds of kids here and hundreds of uh, just people, some folks that we knew and some folks that just heard about us and people that like, we, there were some folks that Googled, where are trunk or treats? And they showed up at ours, you know? I think that's, they came by for a reason. I think God brought them to our place for a reason. If for nothing else, then there's a whole bunch of people that just want to give out candy and tell kids and families, hey, we care about you. Hope you have a good time tonight. There's a positive place here in this community. And I, I just want to thank our church family for being a part of that. And especially, I want to thank Kevin and Andrea Jensen for taking the lead and organizing all that. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. There are lots of other volunteers, but if I try to start listing those out, I'd leave somebody out, and that would be bad. So for sure, uh, Kevin and Andrea know who I'll help them, and, and um, I'm really thankful for their, um, their leadership and that whole thing. Now, here's the other cool thing about our church family. Um, we do this thing every year. We started it, I don't, I don't even know how many years ago, uh, where we partner with an organization called the Pack Shack. And what, what we typically do is pick a Sunday in November where we, you know, we push all of our uh, chairs out of the way and set up a whole bunch of tables and put these funnels on the tables and we got rice and cheese powder and uh, you know, whatever else. We're pouring them on the funnels and sealing up these meals to give to hungry folks um, in northwest Arkansas. And we've, we've packed thousands upon thousands of, of meals over the last few years. And then again, because of um, COVID concerns, instead of hosting it at our building last year, we went to the Pack Shack, uh, to their warehouse, and we had different shifts, and, um, you know, we packed meals, and we had a lot of people that were concerned about the safety of that last year, so probably not as many participants as what we've had in the past. We told our church family, I don't even know if any of you have realized this, there's been an announcement in our email and in the bulletin about the Pack Shack coming up. We haven't really talked about it a whole lot. Uh, but we had three time slots. The Pack Shack has asked that we come to their facility again instead of coming here, so we're doing that. We had three time slots that the one of them was, was the first time that we um, launched the on the website where you could sign up. One time slot was filled within 24 hours. Uh, the other three have become filled, and we've had to add another time slot, which we are doing. And in case you missed it. In case you missed signing up, signing up, there's a QR code in your bulletin this morning. You can sign up. We've added another time slot for our church family to go and just spend a Sunday morning packing meals together for people that they will never meet. And just, just to do something say, hey, we want to help. Here's something that we can do to help. That's awesome. I love this church family. I love that you guys took the initiative when we haven't even really talked about it much. And you're already signing up to help out. That's fantastic. I love you guys. I love being a part of the Flagstone family. If you're looking for a church family, look no further. This is it. I know I'm biased, but this is it. This is the place to be. This is the family to be a part of. That has really nothing to do with what I'm going to talk about this morning from God's Word. But I just wanted to share that with you guys this morning and brag on you a little bit. You guys are doing awesome. Keep it up. Let's keep moving forward. Let's keep making uh, an impact in, the, in this community any way that we can. Now, let's get to you know, what we want to be talking about this morning. We've been talking the last few weeks about this concept of missing the mark, of having good intentions, of, of having good goals and something that we're trying to accomplish and maybe just not so good results. And we've talked about a lot of different aspects of our lives where that happens. And it's, I mean, it happens at, on our jobs, it happens in our families, it happens with friendships, it happens with our, you know, maybe even our physical health. I mean, there's a lot of different areas of our life where we have good intentions. We have, we have goals. We have this thing like, this is where I'm trying to be. And either we 
miss it all together, or we get kind of close, but there's some things that are keeping us from actually accomplishing it. And so if you've missed these lessons, I would invite you to go back uh, to our YouTube channel or even our Facebook page and, and, and find some of the things that you've missed about missing the mark. Uh, as we've talked about this um, for the last few weeks, last week we talked about how we can sometimes be really good at, at hearing God's Word, uh, either in a sermon or reading it ourselves or listening to a podcast or you know, finding somebody online or maybe even having a conversation with somebody else, maybe even listening to God's Spirit speaking to us and, and sharing something, putting something on our hearts or leading us in a certain direction. We hear it. We may not be so good at actually doing God's Word. We may not be so good at actually going the direction that He's leading us uh, to go. And so we talked about that last week and how that's a struggle for us and how we need to work on actually putting our our, not just our faith in action, what we're hearing, uh, putting that into action. Now, this morning, we're going to look at another aspect of our lives where many of us miss the mark, but this is going to be a, a, kind of a little bit of a different perspective, I think, than, than maybe what we've uh, been sharing over the last few weeks. Because this morning, we're going to focus kind of on our own self-image and our own um, relationships with other people and how we often have good intentions with our marriages, with with our families, uh, with our friendships, um, maybe even with church connections, but then maybe not so good results in those in those relationships and those connections with others. Specifically because of one thing. Some of us, many of us, are really good at putting up walls. Not so good at being genuine. Some of us are really good at putting up emotional walls. And we, we put those things out to keep people from, you know, getting too close to us. We put those things out to keep people from seeing the real us. And we struggle to be, to be genuine and to be vulnerable with other people and to let people kind of, you know, peek behind the curtain and look behind the wall and see who we really are. And it's a problem, I think, that a lot of us don't even really pay attention to. We, there's a lot of us that don't even realize that, that that's a struggle for us or that that's something that we're actually doing. Or maybe we're, we just convince ourselves, eh, it's not that big a deal. And we're, we're missing the mark on living the kind of life that God wants us to live. And we're missing the mark on having some true, deep connections with, with church family, with friends, maybe even co-workers, definitely with our own families. We're missing the mark on having those deeper connections because we struggle with, we're just not so good at being authentic and being genuine and being real with each other. And that's what I want to talk about this morning. And, and at first, I just wanted to, to make sure that we're all on the same page about what we're talking about. When it comes to, when it comes to putting up walls, what are, we, what are we really talking about here? When it feels like somebody's getting too close to me, when it feels like someone uh, might find out more about me than I'm really prepared for them to find out, when, it, when I'm unsure of how how deep I want to get in this relationship. Maybe it's somebody that I'm dating. Maybe it's a, a friendship or a connection with a coworker. Maybe it is even a family member. And I'm not for sure how to handle that relationship or how to handle it if it gets any deeper than what it already is. I want to keep things superficial. One of the things that I do almost without thinking is putting up a wall. And this is a little bit different then what we've talked about, sometimes I've talked with you in the past about when we've been hurt and when somebody has hurt us either physically or emotionally and we, and we set a healthy boundary. 
This is different than that. It's okay to set a healthy boundary uh, with someone to, to not be walked all over again, to not allow ourselves to just be hurt again. These are emotional walls that we put up between us and somebody else so that we just don't get too close. So they, they just don't get the opportunity to see the real me. They don't get to see all the flaws. and I, I want to keep those things hidden. And so I'm going to keep... I want to keep that person at a distance. I'm going to put it some kind of an emotional barrier between us. And it happens for a lot of different reasons. And I honestly think for a lot of us, it's not something that we even consciously do. That we, we're getting in, into this relationship with the, this other person, this friendship, this dating relationship, this connection with a family member. And, and all of a sudden, it's feeling, it's feeling a little too intimate. It's feeling a little too close. It's almost subconscious. It's not that I sit there and go, you know what? Today, I'm going to put up a wall between me and this other person. It doesn't work that way. But it happens, and it happens on a regular basis. And some of us, it happens in almost every relationship that we have. And there's lots of different reasons for it. There's lots of different reasons why we might put up a wall. Some of us have experienced hurt in the past. Maybe I've been hurt by somebody physically. Maybe it's a physical trauma. Maybe it was physical abuse or, or sexual abuse or something, something physical happened between me and this other person. And, and so now this, this person that I'm having this relationship with, it may not be that they've done anything to hurt me, but this other person did. And now this relationship is starting to feel like that one did. And I don't want to go through that hurt again. And maybe it's not a physical thing. Maybe it's an emotional an emotional trauma that I went through. Maybe there was verbal abuse from somebody. Maybe I was bullied or embarrassed or, uh, you know, lied to. Someone broke my trust, and because I experienced that, I'm going to put up a wall, maybe with somebody completely different because I feel like it's, it's going down the same path as this other experience was. Does that make sense? Some of us are put up walls because of, of our own regrets. Maybe I, maybe I was the one that hurt somebody else. Maybe I made the mistake and I'm still feeling consequences from that. Maybe I did something to, to embarrass myself. And, I, and, and it was humiliating for me. And I don't, want other, I don't want to be in that position again. I don't want to be in a position where I might do something that might embarrass me or that somebody might see, you know, my flaws and imperfections. And so because I regretted it so much in the past, I'm going to put up that wall now so I don't allow you to see any of my flaws or mistakes. Maybe it's fear. I worry that this relationship is going to end badly. Somehow I'm going to get hurt or I'm going to hurt this other person or it's just going to go bad. And so before it ever gets to that point, I don't want to deal with that. And so before it ever gets there, I'm going to put up this wall and I'm only, I'm only going to go so deep in this relationship and so deep in this connection because I don't want to go through uh, any kind of hurt again. I don't want to experience things going bad. And I worry about what might happen if this person actually sees the real me. And so before we ever get to that point where I can be walked away from, where I can be left from this relationship by this other person, I'll just put up the wall first and not allow it to get any deeper. Sometimes we put up walls because of comparison. I see, I see your life and I see how things seem to be going really well, how, he how healthy your relationships seem to be, how healthy you are, how everything seems to fall into place for you, how you seem to have all your ducks in a row. And that might even be the reality, but that's my perspective. And I look at your life, and I look at how everything seems to be awesome for you, and then I look at my life, and it is not like yours. 
and I don't have everything together, and I don't have all my ducks in a row, and things aren't always going well for me, and I make some really dumb mistakes and some dumb choices, and it looks like you don't. And so I'm not going to get in too deep a relationship with you because I don't want to feel like I don't measure up. And so if I can stop us from getting any closer, then I won't have to worry about that. The list could go on. We could keep naming off reasons of why we, why we put a stop to getting any closer to somebody else that might be a good person to have in our lives. Why we put that wall there, why we create that distance. And those walls, they, they evidence themselves in a lot of different ways. I mean, when we're talking about these, these emotional walls, they can look a lot different for a lot of us. And some of us will put up a wall of, of hyperactivity. And what I mean by that is I might make myself be really, really busy all the time. And I fill my schedule with all sorts of activities and and all sorts of deadlines. And I move from this thing to this thing to this thing. And I just keep doing stuff and keep staying active and keep moving to the next action, the next thing, so that I don't have to get too deep with anybody. And I can keep all my relationships superficial. And I can can keep everything on the surface. And and people might want to get closer to me and and might have a deeper relationship with me. But no, 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 i got to move on to this next thing. i got this next activity. i got this thing i got to get done. And I'll put up a wall between me and some other people of busyness, of hyperactivity, so I don't risk getting too close to somebody or them getting too close to me. Some of us put up walls of, well, shutting down. I might just get quiet. I might just stop talking. I might walk away from a conversation. I might... might Completely walk away from the, from the relationship. And the reason that I do that is because I feel like we're getting a little too close. You're starting to know a little too much about me and I'm not comfortable with that. And so I'm going to just completely shut down. I'm going to distance myself from a certain group of people or from, from this certain person. Because I'm worried that if we, if we keep engaging in this relationship, you're going to start to see my flaws. Not just the stuff that I want you to see, you're going to see the stuff I don't want you to see. So I'll just shut down altogether. And I'll shut this relationship down. Some of us kind of go the opposite direction, and we have meltdowns. We can put up a wall of a meltdown where we just we just go off about the smallest thing, about even the most insignificant thing, something that might not even be that big a deal. But we lose our temper and we yell and we throw a fit and we, and we just act crazy, just have a meltdown. And it might not even be consciously us thinking, I'm going to have a meltdown so this person wants to have some distance from me and not want to be that close to me. But that's what's happening subconsciously. I can, I can create an environment where you don't want to get too close to me because you don't know what's going to set me off. You don't know what's going to cause me to have a meltdown. You don't know what's going to cause me to just fly off the handle. And so we're just going to keep things superficial. And my meltdowns become walls. And keep anyone from really wanting to get too close to me. Sometimes I can put up a wall of criticism. And fault finding and pointing fingers at other people. Maybe insulting you. Maybe, maybe just making fun of, of your mistakes. Or maybe just criticizing the things that, that you're doing wrong. Or how I would do things different. 
and I do that. I do that kind of in a public way. I'm critical and, I, and I'm judgmental and I point the fingers. And, and I, I want you to focus on, on your flaws and not mine. And I'll, I'll point those things out to other people so that they'll focus on you and all, all the ways that you're falling short so that you don't pay attention to my flaws and my shortcomings. And really what I'm doing is just trying to make sure you don't get a peek past my wall and see all the things about me that you could point fingers at and be critical of. Some of us may put a wall up, and, and this may be one of the most common ones. I'm just calling it a wall of masking. I mean, think about it. We got, I mean, today is Halloween, right? We had our trunk or treat last night. We had a whole bunch of kids in costumes. We had a whole bunch of people uh, outside there standing in front of their trunks with costumes on. There's going to be thousands of kids all across this country tonight going door to door begging for candy in their costumes. And they wear masks. What's the purpose of wearing the mask? We either want to we either want to try to pretend to be something or someone that we're not, or we're trying to hide our true identity. We don't want people to know who we really are. We're trying to be this other person. And we do that. We do that in our relationships. We do that in our connections with other people. We put on masks. We we don't want to we don't want to come across as being weak or, or unable to handle our our issues. We don't want to be open and, and vulnerable and, and allow people to have a deeper connection with us and to, to know some of our struggles. We're worried about trusting other people. Maybe we've been hurt before, but maybe somebody has broken that trust or we've witnessed that in somebody else's life and we don't want to experience that. And so we put on a mask and we, man, we do it at, in our workplaces. We do it at the activities, you know, with other parents that our kids are involved in. We do it at church. Of all the places where we should feel the most comfortable to take, take our mask off, this is one of the places where we are the most common at putting our mask on. And we walk through the parking lot and we walk through the lobby and people say, how are you today? And we say, I'm fine. And I'm really not. Things are great. Things are awful. I'm really happy. I'm really miserable. We'll put on these masks and we'll try to pretend that everything's fine. We'll try to convince everybody else that everything's fine. We'll, we'll try to convince ourselves that everything else is fine. And we're, we are putting up this wall between us and somebody else. There could be some really hard stuff that we're dealing with in our lives. And there could be some people that God is bringing into our lives at that moment to help us deal with those things. And what do we do? We put up the wall. We put on the mask. Everything's good. No, I don't need any help. I'm fine. Have I mentioned your wall yet? Maybe you got more than one kind. It's what we do. We put up walls between us and other people. And we keep ourselves from experiencing maybe some true healthy relationships. Because we don't want people to see, I don't want people to see the real me. And here's, here's the big problem with this. I mean, there's, there's part of us, I think, that are like, well, what's wrong with the wall? It's keeping me safe, right? 
I mean, that's what the wall is for, it's for protection. It keeps me from being hurt. It keeps me from having to, to show some of my flaws. It keeps me from having to deal with some, maybe some painful things sometimes. So the wall is okay, right? And the problem is that this wall that, that, I, that I put up to defend myself, to, to keep myself comfortable, to protect myself from getting hurt, instead of it, instead of it being something beneficial, that wall that I've built, that wall that I put between me and this other person, it breeds distrust. And it actually hurts my relationships instead of helping them. And it produces more loneliness and it generates more anxiety and more fear. And this wall that I've built, this wall that I put up for my protection actually becomes my prison. I want to say that again. This wall that I've put up for my protection actually becomes my prison. I become enslaved to my comfort zone. I become mastered by my lack of trust. I become a prisoner to my own inability to be genuine and to be real. And if that's where you are today, as you're sitting in this room right now, as you're watching online, if that's where you're at right now, you're in prison behind this wall that you've built between you and other people, I got a message of hope for you. My God never intended for us to live that way. We have a God who created us to live without these walls that we built for ourselves. He sent his son, Jesus Christ, to this earth to give us freedom. To release us from these prisons that we built around ourselves. Jesus Christ himself said that's what he came for. If you look in your Bibles or your Bible apps in the book of Luke, chapter 4 and verse 18, as Jesus is, is starting his, his ministry, he's just starting to get out and, and preach his message and, and start to work miracles and start to engage in people's lives. He says this, The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim what? Freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind and to release the oppressed. Jesus says, this is why I came. I came here to set you free. Free from sin? Absolutely. That's what the cross does for us. Free from guilt? Absolutely. The, the blood of Jesus washes away our sin and our guilt, so we don't have to deal with that anymore. But I believe Jesus also came to set me free from my fear and free from my lack of trust and free from these walls that I put up between me and other people who, who I desperately need in my life. He has the power to do it. He has the desire to do it. I just need to allow him to do it. I need to let Jesus do what he came here to do. Set me free. So how do I do that? How do I begin to allow Jesus to get rid of these walls? Well, the first thing that I got to do is acknowledge that there is a wall there in the first place. And I know that that sounds really simplistic, but that may be one of the hardest steps for a lot of us, is to be honest about the fact that we've put this wall between us and this other person, between us and this group of people. Because we've spent so long convincing ourselves 
either that it's not there or that it's not that big a deal. We've spent so long doing, putting these walls up almost automatically without even thinking about it. They only realize how many walls we've put between us and other people. How many walls we've imprisoned ourselves with. One of the first things I might need to do starting today is to acknowledge that there's a wall there in the first place. In Mark chapter 2, I know I had you just look in, in the book of Luke. If you go back one book to the book of Mark, again, early on in Jesus' ministry, in Mark chapter 2, we find Jesus eating a meal. And it's not the food that he's eating. It's not necessarily the location that, he, that he's eating at. It's the people that he's eating with that causes a problem for some other people that are watching what Jesus is doing. Because Jesus is eating a meal with what Scripture calls the tax collectors and the sinners. And the tax collectors were the most hated people, one of the most hated people in Jewish society at the time. Because they collected taxes for the Roman government. And so the Roman government was occupying this Jewish land. And so not only am I working for the Romans, I'm actually collecting money from my fellow Jews to give to the Romans. They hated tax collectors. And then they, you got this group of people known as the sinners. I mean, I don't know what all the different categories of sin they were involved in, but these are the people who had a reputation for being ungodly people, for not being good enough to be able to come into the church building, for not being worthy enough to be able to associate with all the other church people. That's who Jesus is eating with. You talk about knocking down walls. This religious leader, this rabbi, is sitting down and eating a meal. Rubbing elbows, literally, with people who he should be completely distancing himself from. And so there's all these other religious leaders that see this and they're whispering, they're talking, look at that, can you believe him? I can't believe he's doing that, look at that. And they are literally pointing fingers and criticizing because they've already put up a wall between them and these people that would desperately need a connection with them. They know about God. They know about forgiveness. They know about grace. And they've put up a wall between them and the people who need that the most. And they're wondering why Jesus isn't doing the same thing. And here's what Jesus says in Mark chapter 2 and verse 17. Jesus says to them, it is not the healthy who need a doctor but the sick. I have not come to call the righteous but sinners. Now, the people that he's talking to have just as much sin in their lives as the people that they're pointing fingers at. Jesus is saying, I can only work with the people who acknowledge that there's a problem. I can only heal people who acknowledge the fact that they're sick. I, I can help people who recognize there's something that needs to be different in their lives. I can't help the ones who are trying to convince themselves and other people that there's not something that needs to be addressed. Folks, that's still the same problem for many of us. We have these deeper connections, these healthier relationships that we could have that we might even desperately need and we don't do it, we don't experience it because we've put up these walls between us and, and this other person. And Jesus says, I can fix that, I can help that, but you've got to acknowledge that the wall is there. And too many of us are like, what wall? I don't know what you're talking about. 
And we've got our face against a brick wall, and we're not even paying attention to it. Not even recognizing that it's there. And Jesus says, I can't help you until you recognize that there's a problem. So the first thing i got to do is acknowledge that I've put up a wall in the first place. The second thing that i got to do is learn to be okay with the real me. Sometimes one of the main reasons that I become convinced that other people won't like the real me is because I don't like the real me. I know who I really am. I know the kind of hurt that I'm dealing with. I know the kind of hurt that I've caused other people. I know the mistakes I've made. I know how much debt I actually have. I know my secrets. I know about my addiction. I know how unhappy I really am. However you want to describe it, you know the real you. I know the real me. And I, I know that my picture of, of the perfect person, or at least who I, I, I'm convinced that I need to try to be, I know that I'm failing at that. I know the real me. And I'm not too crazy about it. So I don't want you to see it. I don't want you to see the real me. And until I start to learn to be okay with me, I'm going to keep putting up a wall. I'm going to keep you at a distance. I want to do my best to make sure you don't see the real me and find out that you don't like the real me either. I'm not going to give you that opportunity. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, Paul talks about the grace that we have, the forgiveness that we have in Jesus, and this amazing message of, of grace and love and acceptance. And he says in verse 7, but we have this treasure. They just got done talking about this amazing truth about grace and love. We have this treasure, but it's in jars of clay to show this all-surpassing powers from God and not from us. And I want to focus on how Paul describes all of us as jars of clay. And you think about something that, that especially back in ancient times, you had, you know, Limited options as to, as to the kind of containers that you could put something in. If you had something expensive, whether it's an expensive perfume or some oil or some wine or some different, especially different liquids, you might try to find something that's a little more, a little more solid. Maybe something gold, maybe something silver that if you've paid a lot of money for this particular thing, you're going to put it in something that's going to, that's going to last. And if you, if you hit it with something, it's going to not break. And, it, and, and uh, it's going to be solid and, it, and it's going to take care of whatever's inside of it for a long time. And Paul says, we had this amazing treasure, this indescribable gift of grace. And we have it in jars of clay. We have it in something that's fragile. Something that's cracked, paint's a little chipped. We've had to patch it a few times. He says, that's us. We have this amazing gift that God has given us, and he's given it to us as jars of clay so that we can acknowledge how amazing he is, not how amazing we are. But, the, but I, I, want, I want us to all be okay would be in a jar of clay. Because that's the real me. That's the real you. We need to be okay with that. 
when you recognize I am a passionately loved, handcrafted creation of Almighty God, but I'm also fragile. And I get scrapes and chips and cracks, and my God is okay with that. And I need to be too. Can I work on getting better? Can I work on improving? Absolutely. I need to. I should. But I also need to learn to embrace my imperfections. Not, not to brag about them necessarily. To want to do better, but to at least acknowledge them and be okay with them. And know that I'm loved and accepted no matter what. And until I learn to be okay with the real me, it's going to be hard for God to knock down this wall that I've put up. Very quickly, I've also got to learn to trust someone else with the real me. I've got to let someone else over the wall, around the wall, behind the wall, however you want to describe it. I need to let somebody else see the real me. I need to give them permission to get beyond the wall. Maybe that's a counselor. Maybe that's a therapist that I go see who I'm okay with allowing them to hear my true thoughts and know my true feelings. Maybe it's my spouse. It would be a really good thing to be that intimate with this other person that I'm connected to and allow them to know all the things that are on my heart. And all the things that, that I think about and all the things that I fear to be completely honest with this other person that I'm married to about those things. Maybe it's maybe I can get that deep with the person that, I, that I'm dating right now. Maybe it's a friend. Maybe it's a co-worker. Maybe it's a neighbor. But I need to find somebody. I need to find somebody that I trust to be okay with, with the real me. I'm not obligated to share anything and everything with anyone and everyone but I need to be able to find someone. I need to find that person, that circle of friends that knows all the things that I allow everyone to see and all the things that I hope no one sees. I need to, to be honest and real with them and allow them to be honest and real with me. Maybe even hold me accountable sometimes. Maybe even show me how some of the choices I'm making are not the best in the world. Because I know that they love me. And I can trust that they have the best things in mind for me. Solomon says in Proverbs chapter 18, verse 24, A man of many companions may come to ruin, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. I may have a lot of people in my life giving me a lot of different advice, telling me what they think that I want to hear, or maybe telling me one thing to my face and something else behind my back. I may have a whole lot of people like that in my life. But Solomon says there's, there's one person out there that I can trust, that I can trust with the real me. I need to find them. And I don't know who that person needs to be for you, but we love to help you find them if we can. Because the last thing that I need to work on is starting to break away the bricks. Not just, not just to twiddle my thumbs and go, okay, God, knock down this wall, but to actually start taking some initiative and action myself. I'm going to start knocking down this wall. I'm going to start taking some actions to, to, 
to be a little more genuine with at least this one person in my life, at least my family, at least this person in my connection group at church. I'm going to do something to start being a better habit of being real and being genuine. And I, I can talk about it. I can wish that it happened. I can, I can hope to be more genuine, but nothing's going to be different until I start taking action. And I have to start recognizing when I'm putting up that wall, and I need to start breaking it down. I need to start chipping away at it. I need to stop wearing a mask. I need to stop shutting down and, and, and withdrawing. I need to let go of some of my, my busyness that I'm using to keep me from getting too deep with somebody else. I need to start trusting somebody else and start sharing with them what, what's going on in my life, what's on my heart. Years ago, when I was in... Uh, my youth ministry days, we had a, we had a retreat at a, a church camp over in Salem Springs. And the last night of this retreat, a whole bunch of teenagers, 7th through 12th graders, probably a couple hundred kids, um, we, we built, I say built, we stacked a whole bunch of cinder blocks uh, up on the stage to make just kind of this temporary wall. And the whole point of it, we... we um, you know, took some spray paint and uh, spray painted a bunch of different words on it, some different struggles the teens were dealing with. But at one point, my buddy Justin was behind that wall, and just with one push, and the whole thing came crashing down and broke into a whole bunch of different pieces. It was really awesome to see. A couple of years ago, we are having a work project at our house. We were adding a, a room onto the back of our house, and they needed to take off some of the brick. It was a long process. I mean, they took a sledgehammer, and some of, those, some of those bricks came off pretty quickly. But then some other ones, they had to get a smaller hammer and kind of chip away. And some of those bricks just didn't want to come off. And it was a much more tedious, much longer process to get that brick off of that section of wall. And I tell you about those two things because I want you to understand that sometimes these walls that we're talking about, these walls that we've put up, sometimes they'll, they'll come down pretty easily. I'm just going to tweak some things. I'm going to change a little bit. I'm going to change the dynamic of this relationship. I'm going to take some actions. And we might even be amazed at how quickly that wall comes down. And for some of us, it's going to take a while. It's going to take a while to change habits. It's going to take a while to change the dynamics of that relationship. That wall didn't come up, you know, in just in a few seconds. It's going to take longer than a few seconds for it to come down. Either way, doesn't matter. Let's start chipping away at the wall. Let's start taking actions to knock it down, even if it's little by little. David says in Psalm 32 and verse 2, Yes, what joy for those whose record the Lord is cleared of guilt, whose lives are lived in complete honesty. That's what we're shooting for. That I can just be real. I can be genuine. I can be me. And you're okay with that. And I am too. What freedom. What joy. I can experience in my life. When I stop putting up these walls. I need to wrap up this morning. But going back to that. That. Um, that wall that we broke down at that retreat. As I said, we had, we, we 
had words spray painted on it. We took just a can of spray paint and started just spray painting different key words about different struggles that, that our teens were dealing with. And how we, we, we kind of used to talk about how we create a wall sometimes, sometimes between us and other people, sometimes between us and God. And maybe it's choices that we're making, maybe it's relationships that we're in, but there's something that, that we put, there's some kind of, there's some kind of break that, that takes place between us and God, and we don't allow him to get too close, and we don't want to get too close to him. And that bleeds into our other relationships. We don't want other people to get too close to us, we don't want to get too close to them. So whatever, whatever struggles we dealt with, whatever temptations we have, whatever sin or guilt, whatever it is in our lives, it creates this barrier, it creates this wall. And, and it was such an amazing visual thing to watch that wall just come crashing down and, just, and pieces just shatter. And the one thing that we did after that was we allowed everybody that was at that retreat to pick up a piece of that wall. And this is mine. And I've had this for years. I've moved offices multiple times since that retreat took place. And there's a lot of stuff that I've thrown away and given away, and there's probably some other stuff in my office that is of much more monetary value than a broken piece of cinder block. But this is precious to me. And we one of those kids and we want ourselves to keep a piece of the wall to be reminded that the wall was there but to celebrate the fact that we don't have to deal with it anymore that wall will never be rebuilt it's never going up again and that's what my God can do and I share that with you this morning because I want you to know that my God can do that for you that there's a wall that you have built between you and your spouse, between you and your kids, you and your parents, you and, your, and, and a friend, you and a fellow church member, you and a coworker. that my God has the ability and the desire to knock that down where it can't be built again. He wants to do that for you. He has the power and the desire to do it. I've just got to have that desire myself. And so we're going to stand here in just a second together. And when we stand, we're going to sing a song together. And it is a song celebrating the love of God, the grace that we all have the opportunity to, to experience. And as we're singing that song together, I would invite you if you, are, if, if you are standing there and recognizing just in your own life, there are so many barriers that I've put between me and this other person, me and this group of people, between me and everybody else in my life. And I don't want to be imprisoned by those things anymore. We, we invite you, we welcome you to come forward and share that with us. And I don't know that we have all the answers of how to do that, but we'll work on it together. We will surround you with love and with acceptance, with as much help as we possibly can, so that we can start chipping away at whatever it is that you put between yourself and somebody else, or yourself and your God. We want to help make that possible. And if it's weird and awkward to come all the way to the front of the room, we'll have a couple, a couple of shepherds at the back of the room. You can head to the back and find one of them and say, I, I've got to get rid of this wall. It's become too big a burden in my life. It's too big of a prison. I don't want to be there anymore. If you don't move from where you're standing while we're singing, that's okay. We got contact information in those bulletins. Get a hold of me this week. 
And if I can't help you, I will find someone who can. But folks, I don't want any one of us to walk out of this room or to click off to click offline this morning, still imprisoned by these walls that are. God says, I can take care of that for you. I can knock that down. Let's let him start doing it today. And if we can help you with that, we want to. While together we stand and sing.
couple of different folks um, come forward and share some things in their hearts today. Uh, Lacey Langley came forward asking for prayers and, and uh, she simply said there is no relationship that she has in her life that doesn't have a wall. Um, she's just gotten the habit because of things that happened in her past of just putting up walls between her and other people and she doesn't want that anymore but doesn't know how to get rid of it either and so I told her we pray about that today and we'll work together on on uh, finding some ways to to knock those walls down uh, Cody Hampshire also came forward and, and said there's a lot of things that he's um, working on in his life right now from you know job perspective and, and just goals that he's accomplishing in life um, and they seem to be working out, but at the same time, he's questioning whether he's making those things all about him or if he's actually following God's lead. And I think he's a little worried that it's more about him than it is about our God. Uh, and I appreciate that kind of humility and that kind of desire to want to follow the Spirit's leading. So we're going to pray about that as well, too. So we got some folks that are already surrounding these folks, if anybody else we like to come down right now and uh, put a hand on one of them or put a hand on somebody that's got a hand on them. Uh, feel free to do that. And um, we're going to take them before the Father right now. Let's pray together. God, you are amazing, and we are in awe of your power and your majesty and your grace and your love and how you can be the God of the universe, and yet you listen to each one of us, and you are so connected to us and to our hearts and it breaks your heart when our hearts are breaking. And I just thank you for that, God. Thank you for being that kind of father. Thank you for having that kind of love for us. And God, right now, we, we bring two people specifically before you. We bring Lacey before you, God, and, and just we, we hurt for her having carried this burden for so long. Um, and, and the hurt that she has, has experienced in the past that has made this kind of her go-to to, to put up walls between 
her, herself and her family, between herself and her friends, uh, and, and just how exhausting that has been for her. And so we pray, God, that as she has this desire to, to break these walls down, that you would start breaking them down, and that you would make it obvious to her um, the changes that, that she can make, the things that she can do different, the things that she can let go of, the people that she can start to trust um, to break those barriers down. And we, we pray that you amaze us, that you amaze her uh, with how you um, tear down those walls. God, we're so thankful um, for Cody. His, his walk with you has been amazing. And the fact that he, at this point in his life, has this desire to want to hear you and make sure that he's following your lead. God, I'm so thankful for just that kind of heart. So I pray you answer that prayer, God. I pray you, you make it obvious to him whether or not he's following your lead. And if something needs to be different, then God, make that obvious as well. And God, if he's on the path that you want him to be on, give him confidence in that. Let him know that you are in his heart, you are in his life, that you um, have the ultimate answers to the questions where he needs to go. So help him continue to be the kind of husband and father that, that you are shaping him into and help him be the man on the path that you are leading him down. God, we're so thankful that you're listening and that I believe that you're already moving to, to action to answer these prayers that we're asking. And God, I believe that in this room full of people and the number of people watching online, there's other people, God, who, who need to have some walls kicked down, who need to make some changes. And I pray that you would give them the courage to get out of their comfort zone and to reach out and ask, to ask for help. Not because this church family has all the answers, but because we, we just want to help. We've experienced some of those things too, and we want to help. And God, make it obvious to us. Give us open eyes to see people who, who need help from us. And give us a willingness to run to their rescue. What an awesome morning, God. Thank you for being a part of, of this morning together. Thank you for moving in, in Lacey and Cody's hearts this morning. Thank you for answering our prayers in Jesus' name. Amen. Y'all can stay there if you want to, or you can go back, whichever you is comfortable for you. Uh, Chris Horton, one of our shepherds, is going to come up, uh, share a couple of things very quickly with us, and then lead us in prayer, and we'll wrap up our worship after that. Good morning. Am I on here? There we go. Good morning. I want to thank everyone for being with us this morning. The steps you two made this morning are huge, and uh, we're really thankful that you allowed us to be a part of that. Um, this family will love on you um, if you give us the opportunity. If you're a guest with us today, we hope that what you saw this morning is just a sample of what you will experience when you become a member here uh, and to say that differently we even if you're not a member here we're going to love on you so we're kind of annoying that way um, but we uh, we do um, want to be here to support 
our family. Um, I was shared with this morning that uh, Elaine Miller's mom, Clara Newton, uh, is not long for this world. Uh, Randy had said maybe a couple of days at most. So we want to remember that family in our prayers. Um, and and uh, you know, lift them up uh, for peace and comfort. Elaine's going to be struggling with that a little bit. Her mom is 90. She's lived a great life. But you're never ready for him to go. Okay. <clears throat> so, let's talk about the pack shack. Switch gears here. Man. Um, I'm the crier of the group, just so you guys know. Uh, if y'all haven't figured that out yet. Um, doesn't take much to get pulling on my heartstrings and then I'm... I'm, I'm gone. Uh, the code <laughs> that is in our bulletin today is a great code. It'll take you to the PackShack website, but it's not going to let you sign up for anything. So this is the website that is going to be uh, where you'll go. Lori Glenn will be sending out an email this week uh, for you to be able to sign up um, for that additional uh, time slots. Um, so if you want to be a, on that email and we don't have your email address, make sure you get that to either one of the elders or the ministers or Lori or send it to the email address at the office and they'll get that taken care of. I um, want to remind everybody that we are um, uh, set up for giving uh, uh, online uh, and uh, also with the basket out, out front. So if you, uh, if you want to continue the tithe, and as, if you've looked at the bulletin, you guys have done an amazing job at that. Um, I've never been a part of a congregation where the giving is more than the budget, and this family tends to do that regularly. And we're going to put that money to use. So thank you so much for that, and please continue to do that. Last but not least, we have a, a new family that wants to place membership. Um, Bobby and Julie Carlson. I'm not going to make you stand up or do anything fancy, but uh, would you mind waving so people will know where you're at? Here comes Julie coming up with Grayson. They have started uh, attending with their daughter and, and, and uh, their grand, grandson, Grayson, and we are really glad that you have decided to be a part of our family. Thank you for doing that. So uh, I have no further announcements. Let's pray. Our Father in heaven, we come before you this morning to thank you, to thank you so much for the love that you've shown us, and Lord, we pray that you help us reflect that love um, to those around us. The sacrifice that was made for us um, can never be repaid, and we pray that you help us as a family to, uh, to always seek you, to always look to your guidance. We always hope that the things that we do uh, are pleasing to you. We thank you for the, for the time that we've had here this morning, and we pray that the, uh, uh, the songs that we sang to you uh, were uh, a pleasing sound to your ear. Lord, we ask that you just walk with us. Help us to look for opportunities 
to, to live out our mission, to reach out, connect, and to serve. And we pray that you give us the courage to do it when we see those opportunities present themselves. I ask that you just be with us this week. Help us to, uh, to shine our light for you. In his name we pray. Amen. Have you been blessed by being here this morning? <laughs> Guess not. <laughs> Have you been blessed by being here this morning? That's right. I'm glad y'all here. Y'all sounded awesome this morning during worship. It's been awesome. Let's stand up and have one more, and then we'll be on our way. I sought the Lord, and he answered me, and delivered me from every fear. Those who look on him are radiant. They'll never be ashamed. They'll never be ashamed. This poor man cried, and the Lord heard me. Son of God surrounds his saints. He will deliver them. He will deliver them. Give you everything.